It is 8.40. Thank you very much for being with us on The Morning Flavor on Metro. It is time for Personal Mastery. Dr. Tepiswama Denji joins us, as she always does on a Monday, and this is a journey of personal mastery. It is not something that you get overnight results for, but you've got to start somewhere with whatever it is that you are dealing with, whatever it is that you are uh, finding as a challenge that you need to overcome. Let's welcome her. Doc, good morning. Good morning. How are you, family? I'm very well, Doc, but I'm also concerned because the other day you highlighted me um, on the issue of a scam, um, somebody scamming you, you know, claiming to be you when they're not, etc. Um, what exactly is going on there? It's actually a scam that is extended to people. They're not scamming me, but they're using my name. And I assume it's my name because it says Dr. Madinti. So this gentleman, when people contact them to get work for apparently Transnet, they give them a bank account, uh, and that is a Capitec bank account. And the account name is, to, is Dr. Madinti. And a, a listener alerted this to me and then actually um, asked, asked me if I have a Capitec account. And I mm. said, no, it's not me. Um, that just put me in a panic. So I've put out information on my Twitter account and on my Facebook account, mm. just letting the public know if somebody sends you a bank account while you're applying for a job or trying to get your child to get job placement, and they say that you must put in the money into a capital account and the account is under Dr. Madinti. It is not me. Please do not do it. I believe that even in our SOEs, you do not get to pay somebody to get a job placement. If they're going to give you a job, you have to go through the process and apply. You don't have to pay any fee to be able to get a job. I agree with you, Doc. You shouldn't have to pay to get a job, period. You know, um, yeah. that's just the bottom line. Jobs for cash yeah. is simply not allowed. But yes, indeed. Um, thanks for that alert. And uh, please, if you see anybody um, in the name of Dr. Madenji saying, pay me to get you a job at Transnet, just know that that is definitely a scam. All right, Doc. Um, and uh, as we move on to um, the discussion for today, you know, the, the, the problems that come with our children in taking on the heavy load, the burden that we have as adults, as parents, in the things that we go through in life, whether it's relationship breakups, divorce, financial issues, going through a difficult time, whatever it is, it often happens where we sometimes, directly or indirectly, find ourselves leaning to our children for emotional support. Absolutely. Um, So today we are talking about parentification, and that basically means that the roles between the parent and the child are reversed. The child takes on the role of being the parent. And that might be because of whatever the challenges that are going through the family. And for some reason, the parent ends up leaning on the child and the child takes on the responsibilities of what a typical parent would do. Mm. And there's different ways of it. We are aware of the one that we call black tax, where there's a financial parentification. So you as the child, because you've been put through school and more is successful, you are the one who's financially responsible for taking care of everybody in the family, including the siblings who are not necessarily grateful or appreciative of what you're doing. Mm. There's also emotional parentification, and this I want to slow down a bit because of a lot of us like to do this with our children who are sensitive, who are intelligent, who are emotionally empathetic, and we call them empaths, and we say, you know, they're so mature, and then we end up having an an emotionally incestuous relationship with them, where we tell them our problems, where they are confident. We even call them our best friends. And we say that, oh, this child, you know, I would be nothing without my child. Mm. And that sounds beautiful. But what it actually means is that there's a violation in boundaries. 
in the sense that that child is losing their innocence and having to know information that is way above them, but also take on your stress and your pain and your anguish, and then even become your counselor and your 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 mentor and somebody that you lean on to give you the reason to live. They also then learn that they need to be something that is extra who they are, and they need to be strong for you, and they need to be able to support you, and they need to be perfect and be responsible, when in fact that that kills the free child in them, which is that spontaneous uh, willing to explore, taking risks and being rebellious, and just living in the moment and responding to emotional needs, which is what we would expect an emotionally well-adjusted child to do. But they end up being more adaptive, responsible, caring um, child that takes on much more than they need to, and therefore you are robbing them of the, of, of the opportunity to be a child. And a lot of us as mothers especially, we tend to do this, and that might be because you're going through a divorce because of your having marital strife or because of life is just giving a lot of challenges and you don't see yourself crossing that boundary and we need to be mindful of the fact that we are robbing the child of the, the opportunity to be an innocent child and just be free and explore and not necessarily have to worry about other things. Hmm. Uh, just from a perspective of the child, Dr. Matenchi, and I'll, and I'll say this, I, I, I have been and I am that child. It, it becomes difficult even when you've been freed. As I, I said, uh, shared with Mo and the listeners earlier on that my mom recently freed me from, from you know, th- that relationship that, that we've had or that I've had with my family. But, but for so long, I've defined myself through my role in my family. Yes. How then do you begin to, 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 to carve a new path for yourself? Because for so long, you've done something, you've missed out on so much, but... You don't even recognize whatever it is that you've missed out on. You don't even know what you've missed out on. You don't even on. know. In fact, your your sense of identity, your self-concept yeah. has been perverted by that parenting oh, yes. process. Mm. And when I, when I use the word perverted, Pearl, I literally mean contaminated by whatever yes. else it is that was happening in the yes. family. And whatever sense of value and worth you got by playing the parent or being the mm. deputy parent. And as a result, if you understand that I mean it from the perspective of yes. it causing harm to your psyche, I mean go for therapy. Mm. You need to go and speak to somebody because you actually have to unpack all of those things and then be able to figure out who is Pearl without all of that. Mm. And for some of us, that's a very scary prospect because we want to love other people. We want to form meaningful relationships at work and with yeah. significant others. But for some reason, you end up playing out that relationship, even with your partner or even at work. You end up parenting people and adopting projects that have nothing to do with you. But because that's the only role you know how to play, you don't know how to receive love. You don't know how to be comforted and to need people because you always have to be the one who's strong with taking care of people. So go for therapy because you understand how corrosive that relationship is. The second part is the moment when you realize that this is a role that I was put in, it is a perverted sense of self. It's not really who I am. It's not healthy for me. It's harmful to me. And it's actually corrupting the type of relationships I'm having. That is the beginning of you admitting that it's not okay. And for a lot of people, they say, ah, but I care. If I do not care, who will I be? Mm-hmm. If I'm not there supporting, now I'm a lover, I'm a carer. And then when you try to engage the fact that but that's a perverted sense of self. They resist you. Mm. They resist that thing. And that maybe delays your readiness for change. It also makes you close down in terms of being willing to commit to saying, I'm going to handle the discomfort of not being the carer, of not being the counselor, of not being the project manager. And I'm going to sit in that discomfort and then look at who else can I be without being the carer and the problem solver and the caretaker. Because so when you are not in that space, it's depressing. <laughs> 
it is painful. Yeah. It is it is scary. And so we don't want to be in the discomfort. We want to just jump in and then rescue everybody. Hmm. One of the other things, Doc, is when a, a child sort of takes on that role when they're very, very young. Um, and what do you do in that moment where the child feels, no, I need to actually do something. I need to tell you know, one of my, my mom or dad's friends about what, what they're going through. Yeah. Um, they could be 10 years old, 9 years mm-hmm. old, etc. I mean, is there is there anything there that you think is maybe positive in what the child is doing or is it still, to a large extent, a very dangerous thing to do? Look, um, unfortunately, because of we come from very dynamic, complex families, our children recognize some of the things that are unhealthy in our marriages, in our families. And they're activated. They just have that sense of empathy and that sense of altruism that activates them to want to go and tell granny or uncle or somebody mm. else. And that is something that you want to encourage. And let me put it this way. We know that we've got, we're struggling with children who are very entitled, who seem to be narcissistic and very, um, they just act out on what they believe mm-hmm. and they don't care how other people feel. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we know is that because of, we're not necessarily exposing them to the challenges of being, of being real adults or of the, of the life out there, they tend to think that everything is protected and everything is going to come to them when in fact you have to struggle to get it, to get, to go and get it out there. So you don't necessarily want your children to be desensitized and so alienated and aloof about engaging with things and then having empathy for other people. However, when you do have a child who's like that and they come to you as the uncle, the sister, the friend, pay attention to the fact that they're not just trying to tell you about the problem with the parents. It's also a cry for help for you to rescue them, Mm. for you to be that strong parent who's Mm. going to be there activating and uh, and advocating for them to say that I will support you. If you are not okay, if you need a break, if you need somebody to talk to, come and talk to me. And you will now be the therapist or the counselor or that mentor to the child. Secondly, when they are speaking to you, understand that in you rescuing them, it's also an opportunity for you to activate the change they seek in their family system. So you can't just sit with that information. You are being called to action to go and intervene in that family. And that child is part of a network. So you providing a refuge is not enough because they leave you and go back into the toxic environment. So you need to activate whatever is within your network to be able to help the child within the network that they're in at home. However, that might mean that you're going to lose Pell as a friend. Mm. You might lose more as a friend. Mm -hmm. But you are the adult, right? So you are not going to keep relationships that are toxic to anybody, that are abusive to anybody. That includes the child. So be willing to walk away from that relationship in in, in the best interest of the child because you understand the harm it's causing. Sure. And then look also at having a system in place that is sustainable. Because for you to just tell everybody and then have a confrontational meeting, calling them an intervention is not enough. That child must still want to be in that family. Mm-hmm. And even if they stay with you for a weekend, they'll want to go back because mm-hmm. that dysfunction is part of who what is home for them. So mm-hmm. you need to be able to look at a sustainable problem and that's why you need to engage in a way that does not alienate people however that does not tolerate the the, the, the dysfunction within that environment sure. we got so many comments coming in on our whatsapp line doc and i just want you to take a listen to some of the voice notes that we got coming in Try not to cry in front of 
them, but they're so used to me, they make it as if they can't see me. But you can see, they wish if they were older, they would assist. And then I would feel it's too much on them. Just, you know, being a single parent, and things are not coming together, you just feel all tired and exhausted. You know, you just, it's so sad, it's wrong. Hey, more things are animals here in Cape Town. More we've gotten interesting topic. Uh, I'm being separated with the mother of my child, and always uh, when I get to meet with the child, the child would ask me why is it that the mother wants her to hate me so much. So you can just imagine if the, the child is asking you such a question when you are together that why is it that the mother is always Doc, I want to pick it up from that last voice note because it happens where I've broken up with Pearl and when our child is at with her, she speaks badly of me. Mm-hmm. What is your response to that and how do we manage that on both ends, I guess? Um, sure. I don't know where to start. You're asking me such a difficult question. Mm-hmm. Um, so when a child tells you that their mom is talking horribly, saying bad things about you, that is also an indication of a cry for help. Um, and what I want to highlight is that from you as the parent, as the other parent, before responding to the fact that your character is being attacked, the main thing is that this child is vulnerable because this child, their sense of identity is intricately intertwined with who you are. Mm-hmm. So if you are being attacked, they are also feeling attacked. They are also mm-hmm. feeling vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It also makes them have guilt for loving you and wanting mm-hmm. to be with you as their father. So let's focus on what is in the best interest of the child and mainly create a space where they can tell you, knowing that whatever they're sharing with you, you're not going to go and fight with mom about it. Because believe me, even if they're telling you that mom is mouthing you, they don't necessarily want you to go and fight with mom and then be the reason why the children are fighting. The other part is to recognize what is this child telling you they need? What are they telling you they require from you not being there? It might be that because you are absent, because you're not paying the fees, because you don't see them often, because you don't call often, because you don't buy groceries, because you don't understand what's happening at school. There are specific things that are triggering those moments of attack on your character mm. that are creating opportunities for this child to now be the punching bag. Listen to the content of what's being shared and then ask your child, what do you need for me to show up for you as my child? Let that child tell you and please be interested in acting on those things. There's no point in that child telling you, well, if you paid for my school fees, um, you know, I would feel like you were there for me. If you came to my, to my play or my soccer game, then I'd feel that and then you don't show up. So understand that those moments where your character is being attacked is triggered by a gap that maybe you have created, even if you do not think that you should be creating it or that it's something that you are responsible for. So listen to that content and then be willing to respond. And if you can't, be honest about your situation. Most of us as parents think, I am protecting you by not telling you the fact that I'm unemployed. Mm. I'm protecting you by not telling you the fact that I'm wasting my money on girls instead of just paying for your school fees. So be honest and be able to, co- to, to deliver that information at the level and age at which your child is at. But be honest about it, because if you are not going to be honest, that child will find out. And when they do, sure. whatever sense of trust they had towards you or their mom is now shattered. So now they lose both parents instead of just one parent who was mouthing you. Hmm. And, and in conclusion, Doc, I mean, there were two other comments there. You know, someone talking about putting their family before themselves and how much that cost her. And, and, and leaning on the kids, I think that was another voice note. How do we avoid all of this? How do we avoid this? 
Look, by the time you're commenting about it, it's already happened. The milk is already out of the cart, right? Understand it's a very painful thing for you to admit that your mom, your dad, does not love you in the way that you need to be loved. It is okay. There are people out there who are significant in your proximal cycle who will not love you the way you feel you need to be deserve, you deserve to be loved. Look at those stories. What do you need? What is missing in your cup? And then look at how can you go ahead and start filling it for yourself or finding significant people who can fill it in for you. And you'll be surprised that it's not always about finding a man or a woman who's going to love you the way you wanted your mom to love you, your dad to love you. It might mean that you start doing self-care activities. Simple things like you now go and exercise, you now go hiking, you now go and laugh at stupid things that before you never used to be able to laugh at because you'd be worrying about the stresses at home. It might also mean that you exercise boundaries in learning to say no because you couldn't say no with your mom and your dad, now you are able to say no simply for saying that I can't come for the weekend because I just want to relax and do nothing. You don't have to lie about it. So part of you knowing that I need to be loved and my parents are not loving me the way that I want to be loved would mean that you recognize how you want to be loved and then showing up for yourself much, much more effectively than expecting other people to show up for you. Doc, we're going to pause it right there and say thank you for your time and thank you for this conversation. It's a meaningful one. There are often no conclusions in any of the topics we cover, but it is all about a journey and, uh, you know, this journey of personal mastery. So thank you so much for your time, Doc. Okay, before I leave, I have to say shout out to Dineo. She is my sister. She said I must do that on air. I hope she has a beautiful day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a lame shout out, Doc. You could have done oh it much, much goodness. better. Yeah, no. <laughs> but you know what? It's <laughs> the thought it. that counts. It's the thought Absolutely. that counts. <laughs> okay, have a good day. Bye. All right. Thanks, Doc. Dr. Abu- Tepisoma Denji yeah. on The Morning Flavor. I-, I just always love her counsel, her advice, her yeah. tips. And yeah, very empowering. Very, very touching topic today. Coming up next is The Bridge from 9 to 12. From us, we're done. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's a good morning. It's a good day. I've got a shout out before we go. Kulisani, who's from an e-hailing service, Gabonga. Thank you so much for giving me a ride and for ensuring that my phone is still safe in your car. <laughs> Gabonga. I see Marion's in the house. Oh, hey. Morning, morning, girl. <laughs> good vibes.